Dash podcast with Pastor Rick Hill, Senior Pastor of Grace Community Church in Rawls, New Mexico. I'm Marie Manning. What an honor it is to have you join us today. Our goal at Living Your Dash is to better help you connect the dots of discipleship so that you can find and fulfill God's purpose for your life. Let's join Rick and Sean with this week's podcast. Well, thank you, Marie, and thank you, everyone, for joining us on today's Living Your Dash podcast. And so, well, Rick, we are uh, we are on the, the 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 end cycle of this this whole series, aren't we? Are. we? We're on the downside, the yeah. downslope of this series. I really enjoyed uh, teaching through the pastorals and this, following this theme of leadership. Mm. How important it is, doesn't matter who you are, seeing these major areas of your life where where a, a true leadership is essential if you're going to grow and mature as a leader. So it's been a lot yeah. of fun for me. Well, it's been very helpful for me as I think about my own personal Good. leadership of myself. Uh, and we've talked about that before, probably throughout the whole series. Um, but also, I mean, there's we're leading at something, right? Absolutely. Even if it's only in a, a phone text message group. I mean, we're leading in something. And so... Uh, leadership with integrity always shows up, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. So, all right. So you explained that there, there is, there's, I, I found this really interesting. It was great to be reminded of this, that there is a time gap between Paul's first letter to Timothy and then this one, because we went from first Timothy to second Timothy. And we're not talking about a period of weeks here, are we? No, there was a period of, of a number of years that took place. And, you know, when you look at the chronology of the first century and Paul's travels and his life. And when you get to the end of the book of Acts, he's under house arrest in Rome Mm -hmm. and doing ministry, but he's under house arrest. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you realize uh, when you read first Timothy and you read Titus, oh, Paul is no longer under house arrest. Yeah. So he had obviously been set free and he traveled and he sent Titus to Crete to handle the church issues there. He sent Timothy to Ephesus to deal with issues there. Uh, Paul, again, traveled around, but at some point, don't know exactly when, some people think maybe three to four years. There's probably a three to four year gap hmm. in there. But uh, he is rearrested, but uh, this time uh, it is a, it's a different situation. It's no longer house arrest. Uh, Paul is now in a Roman prison, and especially when you get to the end of 2 Timothy, you can tell uh, no hope of release. Yeah. He feels like his his uh, execution is imminent. Uh, he's going through the court proceedings, and he talks about his first his first uh, hearing did not go well, mm-hmm. and so he he senses uh, uh, my time is at hand. Yeah. And, and the whole tone of 2 Timothy is so much different than 1 Timothy or Titus because it's much more sober, somber, mm-hmm. serious in nature. And, it, and all of a sudden you think, oh, no wonder. Th- these are Paul's last words to Timothy, which means it's like, Timothy, here is my last will and testament. Hmm. Whatever you do, don't forget this. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, scholars believe that uh, martyrdom 
happened shortly after he wrote this letter. Some people think within a few weeks he wow. was martyred for his faith. Wow. And I think tradition tells us he was beheaded. He that, was. Right? As a Roman citizen, he yeah. would not be crucified. Uh, he would be beheaded. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's amazing. It's amazing. You know, I, I'm a fan of Oz Guinness, and uh, I think he has a lot of... Which, kind of interesting, because he's, he's the, the grandson of of the Guinness Beer Company in, in in Ireland. Isn't that funny? I did not know that. Yeah, so He is a great writer. Yeah, yeah. So, But he is a born-again believer, a very strong and very, very wise man. He, he wrote a book on calling, and, and he said that, quote, calling is the truth that God calls us to himself so decisively that everything we are, everything we do, and everything we have is invested with a special devotion a dynamism uh, and direction lived out as a response to his summons and service. How, how do you think that relates to the attitude or tenor of what Paul is saying? Well, absolutely. Os Guinness catches it well. And what dawns on me is, notice Os doesn't say, oh, and uh, this calling idea is only for pastors. Mm -hmm. No, no, this is for all believers. And and what he is saying and what the Apostle Paul is telling Timothy throughout Second Timothy is, listen, the, God's call on your life, Timothy, it's an all-in call. It is a complete revision of your priorities. Yeah. Uh, it is a new perspective on life. It changes everything. Hmm. And, and Paul, of course, uh, about to be martyred yeah. for his calling is living proof of the potential cost. Listen, if you answer God's call, um, it can cost you. Yeah. It can cost you your friends. It can cost you your reputation. It can, uh, even for some, it can cost you your life. Yeah. So this is, back then, to become a, a follower of Jesus, it, this was not just some sort of philosophical choice, like, well, do you want Coke or Diet Coke? Where this really is something that that is is it's it's your life it's your life and to to be uh on the apostle paul's team like timothy and titus they had yeah. to realize uh the roman the roman officials the government officials when they're persecuting paul they are they're looking at all of paul's Compadres. That's right. Uh, yeah, who, who is with associates. Paul? Who are his associates? Who's yeah. following him? And I guarantee you, they they knew the names of Timothy and Titus, and they were watching them. And so, to even to to join Paul in his ministry could have been a, a death wish. Yeah, a death sentence. That's right. That's right. Hey, you know, I I kind of wonder if um, there's a series on called The Chosen, and so they have. They have a part of the chosen, and it would make sense to me that there was kind of a there's a character in there that's kind of like the secret police, mm -hmm. right? And so he's he's marking down who Jesus is and who uh, who who are his known associates, that kind of thing. And uh, and and I think that that is that is true, isn't it? Is is this why perhaps it's it, it's it's translatable to to 21st century men and women? It, oh, absolutely. In some parts of the world today, even as we speak, before the sun goes down, uh, Christians will be killed, martyred, yeah. because they answered this call. We're fortunate in our country that 
At this point, the most we get is ridicule, abuse, maybe being ostracized from certain you know, circles right. of influence. Yeah. But uh, not so around the world. Yeah. In Muslim countries, in Hindu countries, um, the suffering that Christians face is enormous. Yeah. Of, of exclusion, of considered the, the lowest of the lowest caste. That's right. And doing the menial slave work simply because they're not Hindus, they are Christians. Yeah. And, and in Muslim countries, uh, Christians. Well, every day, every day, Christians are martyred for their faith. Yeah. The ones who aren't martyred, they're locked up. They're, they're, uh, worldly goods are confiscated. They have trouble finding employment mm. because of this, this pressure that uh, we, we don't like the message of Christ and we don't like those who have been called to follow him. Yeah. Boy, I, I sometimes it's embarrassing to be an American Christian. Because it's like you know the the most the most difficult thing that will happen is that uh, oh boy I've, I've got to go to church uh, every Sunday why not why every Sunday I mean why can't I worship at home and you know and I know that that's a <laughs> thing with you yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but we're we're talking about what what if suddenly in the United States it were it was you know what you you will never rise to a certain well it's actually I think that that's actually true already but. You will, if you are a Christian, a conscionable Christian, willing to stand for the truth, willing to stand for your beliefs, you will never rise to a particular level in your company. Uh, you will be, uh, you will not be invited to the most important parties. Uh, you will not be considered worthy of certain friendship circles. Yeah, because morals and ethics and values will prevent you from cutting corners, yeah. from uh, cutting deals that are in the gray area that are going to benefit the company. Yeah. And, oh, yeah, I've got Christian friends that they have been overlooked for raises. They have been overlooked for promotions yeah. simply because they would not compromise their ethics, morals, and values. Yeah. And, you know, for those out there, you know, I, I totally agree with what you're saying is uh, compare our, quote, persecution to what other Christians around the world. I totally agree. However, I would add one caveat. Uh, Christians in America, you need to watch the news. Our day may be coming. Yeah. Our day may be coming. The, the things that we are experiencing, the opposition, the ridicule, the pushback yep. we are receiving today uh, is unlike anything I've seen in my 69 years guessed of life. Yeah. And if you study American history, Go back and really study American history and, you know, tell me, are, are, are things getting better or worse mm. when it comes to opposition and persecution of the Christian message? Okay. Getting worse. Word to the wise, word to the wise. We must press on. Well, what questions, perhaps, as we think about how do we redefine, not redefine, but define our calling or refine our individual calling. What what questions would you suggest a person have? In other words, how can we make sure that we have integrity in our calling? Yeah, you know, when I think of that word calling too, I thought of another scripture in Ephesians chapter four, where the apostle Paul has this powerful challenge to believers. And he said, walk worthy oh, of your calling. Yeah. Walk worthy of your calling. 
okay, how am I going to walk worthy of my calling? How am I going to live out my calling if I don't know what my unique calling is? Yeah. So I challenge people all the time. Of course, here at Grace, uh, you know, our, our, our whole theme is helping people find and fulfill God's purpose for their lives. Yeah, yeah. And very important that you spend time thinking and praying, meditating on, God, what unique calling... I know my general calling is to be a Christ follower, but what is my unique place, my unique calling in the body of Christ, in the family of God? Um, we're, we're not all, you know, we're like a body. We have different members of the body. We're all, we have different functions, Paul says. Mm-hmm. Okay, what, what is my function? What is my unique calling in my life? And so, you know, it's not a great, a great way to start is, in, especially if you're young, is a big, start writing out your life purpose statement. Wait, wh- why write it out? Because if you don't, it'll just bounce around in your brain and it'll quickly pass. Okay. And when you write it down, it just it it, it makes your thoughts. It formalizes your thoughts. Yeah. And you begin to see it, and you and then you mark it out, and you redo it again, and you delete that, and you do it again, you delete. And, you know, it took me a while to write mine out. Mine too. But it really helped. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not talking about, a, you know, a 10-page document. No, if it doesn't, if you can't fit it on one page, it, you've really messed up. Yeah. In fact, your purpose statement needs to be really one sentence. <laughs> one sentence, you know. And then out of that purpose statement, you can then begin to say, okay, how can I fulfill yeah. That purpose. And then you go, okay, number one, I can do this. And number three. Yeah. So, you know, mine is teaching scripture. Yeah. I've got it down to two words. <laughs> Teach scripture. How do I do that? Okay. I'm going to do it by, uh, I'm going to, uh, as a pastor, I'm going to teach the word of God on Sunday mornings. Yeah. I'm going to teach the word of God on Thursday noon at my Thursday noon Bible study. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be the teaching director at a local community Bible study Teaching the Word of God. Yeah. Teaching the Word of God. Had I not written out that statement, I don't know that those other things would have fleshed out. And, and one thing it helps too, Sean, is if you're struggling, get some coaching. Find a good Christian life coach. Excellent. Read books on, on you know, finding your purpose. Mm-hmm. And I would certainly encourage people to do it now, not later. <laughs> <laughs> Don't procrastinate on this one. It's it's too valuable. And it's a wonderful, enlightening experience. Yeah. And when you sit down finally and you go, that's it. That's what God has called me to do. What yeah. it's done for me, Sean, and I bet it has for you. Once you know what your purpose is, it helps you learn to say no to things that are not your purpose. Yeah. So, man, I have learned to say no graciously. But if it doesn't involve teaching Scripture, then... I really have no business getting involved, committing my time and energy to something that God did not, here's our word, call me yeah. to do. Yeah, I, I can't agree with you more. And it, it's something that, that obviously you've taught me to do. Uh, and so in, in my own purpose, it is to to leverage my ability. I'm not down to two words yet. I can't That's do okay. it. Okay. But then I'm not as really old as you are. So <laughs> you've got time, son. You got time, <laughs> but uh, but I, I know that it is that that I am to leverage my gifts and abilities to help 
make and mature disciples. And so that's it. Obviously, it funnels towards what I do as as a as a as a pastor. But it also enables me to. There are other things that are involved in it, but there are a lot of things that aren't. And so you mentioned it really helps me to say no. I mean, the greatest, most loving thing that we can do to certain people is say no. That's mm-hmm. not something I will do. Like, for instance, you've been asked to be on boards, oh, boards of yeah. uh, organizations. And sure. you said to them, no way. No way. <laughs> I wish you'd be so good. I would say thank you. I appreciate it. I'm honored that you thought of me. Yeah. But I'm going to have to say no because my time is really caught up in... Other things. Yeah. Now, I want to make you feel better. I told you, you know, mine is teaching scripture. Yeah. But before I got to that point, here is my full purpose statement. Oh, okay. My purpose is to teach scripture in such a practical and relevant way that people will be able to find and fulfill God's purpose for their lives. I love that. I'm stealing that. No, you can't. (laughs) It's mine. No, but I love the way that you said it. It is important to write down. I think it makes us accountable. Absolutely. To what it is. And I mean, who else can be the most important student of who we are except ourselves? And so I totally agree with that. So, wow, what great advice. And so, okay, Paul told Timothy to stand proudly on the truth. And you've talked about this quite a bit. So is that a stance? I mean, I think I know the answer to this question, so I need some more clarification. But is that a stance that we need to take today? I mean, we're not way back in the first century. Yeah. Again, if, if you're an American Christian, now more than ever, uh, yeah. you're going to begin to get more and more pushback when you will simply say obvious things to you. When you, will, when you stand up and say, there are two genders, male and female, you will be massacred. That's true. Massacred in our culture today. That's if right. If you say something like that. If you stand up and say marriage is between a man and a woman, you will be you'll be looked at like, what planet are you from? Yeah. Uh, the, the whole is- issues like abortion, mm-hmm. that anybody who's, if you say, yeah, I, I don't think, uh, 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 abortion is killing a life. And people will say, well, you're nuts. I mean, it's a woman's body. She right. should I be able to you. have a, an abortion right up to, right up to 10 minutes before she's still deliver. That's right. Which, by the way, is the law in many states. Isn't that amazing? Right right up to the end. In total violation, not only of what the biblical teaching of the sanctity of life, but modern medicine. Yeah. Modern medicine. So let me look at how many premature babies are born. Yeah. And many of those babies, uh, tragically, about a million a year in America are aborted. Tragic, tragic. Horrible. But my point is, the the attacks from the secular culture are intensifying now more than ever before. People have always believed it, and now they're saying it, and they're saying it very loud in a megaphone. Yeah. And tragically, they've got a great deal of support in certain government circles and in certain media circles. And the more this secular uh, philosophy and this secular humanism that is totally devoid of God, the louder it gets, the conflict is going to happen. Already has. What what if somebody pushes back and says, look, I I just want to be a Christian. I don't want to make problems. I don't want to 
create waves. I just, I, I don't want people to think that I'm being judgmental or self-righteous. Yeah. I mean, doesn't that sound, that sounds reasonable to me. Sure. Right? Yeah, the point is, if you're a Christian, you don't have to go looking for trouble. Trouble will find you. Yeah. And that, because all you have to do, if you're in a conversation with a group of people and they are saying, well, yeah, you know, this gender thing, you know, everybody's on their own on that. And, you know, our old, our old antiquated ideas of, you know, there's a male and female, you know, that's old. I mean, there's hundreds and hundreds of genders. Yeah. But you're in that conversation. You have a choice. Yeah. You can keep your mouth shut, sure. You can say, oh, I don't want to be judgmental. I don't want to rock the boat. Or you can answer the call. Yeah. And the call says in a non-judgmental way, you say, I disagree. Yeah. And here's why. And you need to know biblical truth and you need to know some biological truth. Yeah. You know? And frankly, it's not that hard. You can in biology one oh one. Yeah. You can learn about those, you know, that XY thing. <laughs> um and up until this point, you know, I don't know how long uh, we've been going on in, in, since creation, but uh, to this point, uh, men who have delivered a baby is still zero. <laughs> Just so you know, men who have delivered a baby, yeah, still zero. You know, what's sad is that there are there are circles that would say, you know, how dare you say even say something like that? Sure, and I think that it is obviously. I don't. I, it is important when Jesus says, you are the light of the world. Light immediately differentiates between that and darkness. You are the salt of the earth. And so who, who else but Christians? The world will never want the light. They will not want the salt. And so that is why we're here. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure that when, when Paul was writing, and you can correct me or, or, or perhaps give a little more insight, Christians... We're fighting against a culture that said, look, you either look to Caesar, who is God, or you can, you can choose to die. It's Absolutely. your choice. Uh, you can go along with the culture, or you can choose to be uh, poor and destitute and driven from your homes. It's your choice. Yeah. The, I'm telling you, America is looking more and more like first century Roman Empire than ever before. Whew. The pressure. Yeah. It's just that pressure. Yeah. That is on. That's amazing. Well, Paul told, uh, or I should say, because I just said that one. <laughs> how, how does, as we look about protecting the gospel then, how does passionately protecting the gospel mix with our calling? I think our calling is our motivation. Yeah. You know, when you realize, God, out of all <coughs> people, God has called me to be in his family, to be on his team, to be in his kingdom. Yeah. Um, once I realized that, that that should elevate my understanding of my my purpose and my calling. That I mean, think about it. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, co-eternal with the Father, has enlisted us to protect and defend the gospel of truth. Hmm. That in a world filled with untruth and relative truth, He says, "I'm putting you there." To, to take a stand for the truth. You know, you mentioned we're the light of the world. Yeah. Remember what Jesus' warning is. Don't put your light under, under a bushel. bushel. Yeah. No, no. What do you do? Put it on a stand. That's right. And you let it shine. Well, when you let it shine, people are going to see it. 
That's right. So no such thing as secret Christians. And and we just have to understand in a growing way what is at stake. When we look around, Sean, literally, what is at stake? Uh, The destruction of our culture, uh, the destruction of uh, the United States of America, been going 250 years, Mm -hmm. Uh, that's at stake. Even greater than that, the eternal consequences of heaven and hell, that uh, people will be in heaven, some people will be in hell, and uh, those are just realities, those are facts. That alone should say, oh, boy, God has put a call on my life. I've got to do everything I can because every time a person gets saved, hell loses one and heaven wins one. That's right. It's simple math. Yeah. It's addition, not even multiplication, it's addition. and. That is our calling, is to protect the gospel and to share the gospel with as many people as possible. That's awesome. That's awesome. Great stuff there. Okay, so Paul used three types of people to illustrate the right attitude that we are to have in the execution of our calling. Um, Three people, uh, the soldier, the athlete, and the farmer. What do those people have in common and why is their distinction important? You know, sometimes Paul just really impresses me <laughs> especially when he uses a three-point sermon yeah. you know and boy this is a great great three you just point. love that but, but powerful you know, maybe he learned this from uh, the teachings of Jesus Jesus was a great illustrator and Jesus loved to say the kingdom of God is like yeah and he'd tell a story or give an illustration and here Paul is doing the same thing and he said listen you to, need to understand being a Christian and 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 truly stepping up to your call as a believer, you have to understand it's like a soldier. And to me, the word that hits is dedication. Boy, you know, whether you're a Roman soldier or an American soldier, it's all about dedication. You get up when they tell you to get up. You yeah. do what they do tell you to do. Yeah. Uh, when they say charge, you don't retreat. That's you right. You charge. That takes dedication. So I would say dedication of a soldier Discipline of an athlete. I've been around athletes my entire life. Yeah. What's the difference between an athlete and a non-athlete? A big part of it is discipline. Mm. Uh, when everybody else go, goes out on Friday night drinking and partying, mm-hmm. the athlete goes home because he's got right. a game the next morning. Yeah. Uh, it just takes tremendous discipline in your eating habits, in your exercise. You you run the wind sprints when you don't feel like That's it. That's right. And you you show up, you get the job done. Yeah. Uh, so you think about just dedication of a soldier, discipline of an athlete, and then I've also been around farmers all my life, growing <laughs> up in West Texas, and my dad grew up on a farm. Yeah. You talk about the word hits me is diligence. Farmers mm. are incredibly diligent. Yeah. They they realize, okay, this is the week I have to plant the crop. They don't say, yeah, I need to plant the crop, but let's go on vacation, honey. Yeah. No, no. It's like, sorry, i got to plant the crop. And when the weeds start showing up, they got to get rid of those weeds. And they yeah. say, okay, i got to get out there and spray. And, and boy, around here, you really see it at harvest time. Hmm. People are watching the temperature of the soil. They're, you know, when they, when they cut the alfalfa hay, uh-huh. they'll go out and they'll check that hay, and they'll go, okay, it's dry enough on top, but it's wet underneath. I got to flip it. So they f- go go down the rows and they 
they flip that alfalfa hay so it will dry to the proper uh, to, to, to the, the I didn't know that oh yeah it's fascinating yeah they what? Got, they've got machines that you I gotta google this later that hay and well what do you call that diligence yeah they have yeah. been diligent in learning their skill um, that's what they all have in common that's hard work yeah you know and if you're looking for the easy life don't become a Christian yeah, you're going to be very disappointed. Yeah, it is not. It's not for the faint-hearted. That's right. Uh, Jesus said, "If you're going to follow me, man, you got to take up your cross, follow me. It's going to cost you something. Yeah, it's going to cost. You, but the reward is worth the payment." I look at those things and I think those those are three types of people that have to be all in. I can't be a wannabe soldier. So, I, I mean, to, to say I'm going to run towards the battle. Yeah. I'm going to be a part-time athlete. Uh, yeah. Nah. Co- hey, coach, I'm going to show up for half the games. <laughs> or, here it is, I'm going to show up for half of the practices, but all of the games. Yeah. Coach yeah. says, you're gone. Yeah, right? I mean, everything, every one of those things required total abandonment to, that, to, that, to the ideal that, and I'm thinking, there's never really, is there an ideal that anybody could ever reach as a soldier? Is there an ideal that that they can reach as an athlete? They can always become a better soldier, a better, and it's more than just warcraft. It's more more than just battlecraft. It it is the the entire, I find it fascinating, the lives of soldiers. Yeah, I want to be a better disciple of Jesus this year than I was last year. Right. Yeah. And that never ends. That I will process never, never yeah. ends yeah. until Jesus calls me home. Yeah. And yeah. Home. Boy, that last calling. You know, the thing I also thought about, uh, there was this phrase, I wasn't sure how to bring this into the podcast, but this phrase caught me really interesting that this, this, this statement of what you avoid masters you. What you avoid masters you. And so it is... And I kept on thinking, what, what does that have to do with calling? What does that have to do with calling? And then, and then it occurred to me while you were talking that as truth livers and proclaimers, we have to tell people. I mean, if we are meant to be the conspicuous evidence to the world, the world is broken. And we are not the answer. All we know is that we know the answer. And he has called us to say, no, you, you, can't, you can't believe that. that. That is a lie. You can't follow in that way. That is destructive. You cannot kill somebody just because they're inconvenient to you. What you avoid masters you. And so don't, don't avoid the, the truth. Yeah. Well Embrace said. the truth. Well said. Boy, wow. Great, great, great message. What a fun conversation. Uh, but Rick, as you can tell, the music's going on, and that means it's time for Rick's Quote of the Week. All right, Rick, what do you got for us? Well, as I thought about these, these uh, three illustrations of the soldier, the athlete, farmer, uh, I thought, you know, what does it take for, for all three to be successful yeah. in their trade? What does it take? Well, I came across a wonderful quote from Craig Rochelle in his great book, highly recommended, called The Power to Change. Mm. If you feel like, oh, I can't change, I'll never change in this area, read this book. It gives you really a great, a great practical plan on how to bring about change in your life. But yeah. here was his quote about this idea of uh, just you know, the hard work. Anyway, here's his quote. Successful people 
do consistently what other people do occasionally. Ooh. Ooh, say that again. Successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. Yeah. Mm. So if you want to be a called disciple of Christ, be consistent. Yeah. Be consistent. Yeah. That's where success will come. Which includes church attendance. Absolutely. (laughs) And we happen to be open for business this Sunday morning. That's right. Every Sunday. 9 and 1045. (laughs) Love to have you. All right. Well, Rick, what else is going on here? Hey, speaking of Sunday morning, we are going to continue our series. And this week, we're going to talk about the devoted leader. Ah. In some ways, it's a part two of of what we talked about, the called leader, but Mm -hmm. with a little bit different twist. And Paul takes us in in a different direction, but a deeper direction of what does devotion look like? We We know people who are devoted to the cause. What does that look like, and how does it actually flesh itself out in our lives? I'm very excited about that. And then Sunday night, Class 201, Discovering Maturity. And I know we have some people who have gone through Class 101 Mm -hmm. membership. They joined, never completed the Discovery classes. Here's a great time. You can jump right in at 201 and go all the way through. And Pastor Jerry Acosta will be leading that class. So you know it's going to be fun, and you know it's going to be exciting and informative. That's fantastic. Rick, thank you so much for your time. Audience, thank you for joining us on today's Living Your Dash. Thanks for spending time with us today. We hope that you've been encouraged and better informed. We love to get feedback, so send us an email with your comments and suggestions to info at rosalgrace.com. If you like what we're doing here at Living Your Dash, please hit the subscribe button, leave us a review on your platform, and share this with your friends. For more information about Grace Community Church, please point your browser to rosalgrace.com. Until next time, I'm Marie, and this is Living Your Dash.